Hello and welcome guys to the latest episode of SoFi. My name is Atharva Karandika. And I'm Atish Padhi. The topic for today is TikTok. And because I do not completely understand it, Atish will explain to us what the topic is <laughs> all about. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in our previous episodes on SoFi, we have concentrated on looking at bigger, larger concepts. And then we try to narrow it down to look at something on a more specific context and how those arguments and concepts play out but here uh, we wanted to look at something more specific like tiktok and therefore from there try to explore broader philosophical problems ethical issues and otherwise that tiktok entails so which is why we chose something like tiktok which in many ways is the antithesis of philosophy because it's fun and it's popular <laughs> but yeah Hope by the time we end this, uh, it'll be more uh, comprehensible, a choice of topic today. Uh, but as people who uh, do not usually use TikTok and are not on the medium because we are too ugly to look at, uh, <laughs> we have invited a guest <laughs> on our podcast today. Uh, this is the first time that Sofia has had a guest. This is a historical moment. Uh, our guest today is uh, Amrita Kashyap. She is an unpaid TikTok enthusiast and a friend of ours. So I'd like you to welcome uh, her by clapping wherever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, Amrita. Say something to our Hi. audience. What's up? I can definitely hear the clapping. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, quite <laughs> overwhelmed that this is such a historical moment and I've been chosen. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Okay. So, uh, Amrita, as, as our uh, in-house expert on TikTok, uh, just, just give us a rundown on what you feel TikTok is and what it means to you uh, and why you make content on TikTok. Um, okay, so TikTok is uh, this really fun social media platform. And uh, it's a place unlike Instagram or Twitter or any other social media platform you could have imagined. Uh, it's obviously based off of previous uh, apps like Vine and Musical.ly. And it allows people to create all kinds of content like dances, people can sing, uh, people make packed videos, uh, people make uh, comedic videos. So it's like, you know, people can make anything on it. And I think I use it to just, you know, it's like a creative outlet for me. It's something fun. It's some somewhere I don't have to really use a lot of my brain cells. So, yeah. Before we start talking about TikTok per se, uh, there's some very basic difference between the philosophy, behind the philosophy of the app itself. Yeah? Like Facebook and Twitter, they are built around making friends and like adding followers and all. Mm-hmm. TikTok is about winning fans. It's users, like people who use TikTok believe that they can get some amount of global celebrity and attention irrespective of where they live. It's a, it's a chance to make it big on, on a platform that is very global where content can go viral in a second as long as you can get online and hold hold people's attention for like 15 seconds to one minute uh tiktok like th- there was this quote i read where it says that it shows users its content they didn't ask to see made by people they probably don't know yeah which is which is very true uh and especially in india teenagers uh, are like competing for attention for celebrity we have a vast amount of people coming from tier 2 tier 3 cities uh, who are on tiktok and uh, who are ga- who have gained a lot of popularity and fame and are turning into tiktok celebrities this is a new term that has come up where their profession is like what they do in life is beyond tiktok yeah they are content creators for tiktok which which is great because 
for the first time a lot of these people who do not have access to uh, studio equipment mics and all that who just have the only technological gadget they have is a mobile and just on the basis of that they are able to create content which is so diverse and very unique in its approach to what they're doing it is like surprisingly not not surprisingly though, uh it's the most downloaded mobile app in uh, in india with more than 200 million users as of late 2019 where uh like fi- over 5.5 billion hours was spent on tiktok only in 2019 which is a great increase from the 900 million hours which were spent in 2018 but most of india a majority of tiktok users in india are aged between 18 to 35 years and they like approximately 52% of indian tiktok users earn less than 25000 rupees per month this just goes to show the kind of demographic that uses tiktok and the kind of demographic that is utilizing it to make content on a larger scale so in a way tiktok has effectively democratized democratized yes democratized democratized yeah democratized uh, uh like content making yeah it is no longer you don't need to have fancy equipment you don't need to have a studio room you can just sit at home house it's considered at home just with the mobile and create content which can which has the ability to go viral and the term for it uh, is socially generated content which has access to previously untapped market yeah so uh, why this is so important all these stats is because of the kind of freedom it gives to people of that demographic that uh, Atharva pointed out who have historically been away from the internet as it were because we have had the internet for what like 25 years at least now even in india it's been there for around 17 18 years at least and yet it has been dominated by people from the social strata that we belong to and so for people like these it's a kind of self expression and yet what it does to us is we look at this as something extremely cringy we look we look at tiktok as something that is at best just a uh, weird stuff and at worst disgusting sometimes pornographic stuff what do you uh, think about it amrita like is it fair to say that there has been a sort of elitism on the internet the way people look at tiktok as this kind of a very weird platform which should not be encouraged yeah um so i think yeah i i wouldn't say that i wasn't one of those people either because initially i also thought i believe uh, i bought into the idea that you know tiktok is a little cringy and you know the content on it is not something for me but uh, as i started using it i realized that um, it's not a platform like any other it's very inclusive and uh, like instagram is built for people uh, to show how happy they are right how like amazing their life is and then twitter is for political opinions and you know finding a certain type of what is right and what is wrong and i think tiktok is the one place where uh, you don't have any of those pressures and uh, even though to us it like we saw it as cringy i don't think it's cringy now anymore because people have the freedom to do whatever they want and if you don't want to watch it you don't watch it like that's it so uh, okay like going by what you've said oh, you can say one can say that tiktok as a platform is relatively uh, judgment free there's lesser judgment over there there's more uh, there's a greater range of content that is being being created is that right yep definitely um i can give you an example i once came across a drag queen uh, who is uh, like talking about math riddles like you don't come across that anywhere yeah <laughs> 
So you have like a wide range of uh, content and nobody feels the pressure to kind of fit into any particular um, type of content on TikTok. So TikTok is all about being innovative, coming up with something new by yourself. Sometimes it doesn't even matter if you just go along with like an already performed TikTok dance, but I guess it allows people to be who they want to be and not, you know, fit into a particular uh, box that other social media platforms like tend to do. No, I was I was just uh, like uh, trying to highlight upon something that Amrita said. Uh, how how fundamentally it is different from platforms like Instagram or Twitter. And one of the ways that is is that to be popular on like Instagram or Twitter or something, you have to fit a certain uh, idea of beauty, or you have to be able to frame your tweets or captions in a certain manner. Yeah, you you need to be the cool um, amount of self-deprecating. You need to uh, know how to present your thoughts uh, properly in an appropriate manner, and all of these things are based essentially obstacles to people who are not uh, who are possibly illiterate or who speak in regional languages. So these platforms inherently become inaccessible to people like them. Where uh, whereas TikTok, because it's a video-based platform and they just and it is relatively easy to navigate and use without the even if you don't know English as a language. so uh because of that even people from regional areas and non english speaking areas also find it very easy to make content on tiktok uh, as someone who is an active tiktok page and posts tiktoks uh, do you feel uh, is there something you do on it some hashtags you use that makes your video go more po- like uh, get more popular or is it extremely random and ai based or is there something you can do to tweak uh, how you can make it viral or how how you can make it popular Um okay so there is this uh thing that people say on TikTok and uh I think it's true that if you use certain filters and if you make certain movements you wear certain clothes uh then you have higher chances of ending up on the for you page hashtags definitely do matter uh they do group videos based on hashtags but the AI is even smart enough I think like if your video looks like other people's videos it shows up on other people's for you pages so that's also another thing that you can keep in mind like if you use the same filters that, that other people do and the same uh, sound that other people are using then you have a higher chance of going viral amrita you've been saying that the ai is very smart yeah uh, do you also feel it is uh, discriminatory to a certain extent because there have been allegations that uh, tiktok or the tiktok creators have uh, have been have been putting certain policies in their ai which promotes a certain kind of content which uh, promotes people who look a certain way and fit into a certain criteria have you experienced that personally while going through it uh, or do you feel that is not applicable in a place like india um i don't know about india because i don't think i've personally experienced that but it definitely is true because i've noticed uh, i follow a lot of uh, body positive accounts and all of that and they talk about how they've been shadow banned because they don't look a certain way uh because you know their body positive if a woman with more uh, belly fat is wearing a bikini and dancing she gets shadow banned while on the other hand someone skinnier does not and she goes viral so that ha- definitely happens so yeah there is discrimination that happens based on how people look okay so in a way then it is also very similar to what happens on instagram where yeah. also think <laughs> yeah 
Okay, uh, so now we will move on to something uh, more philosophical uh, because we talked about TikTok and the kind of stuff there is. But now I wanted to explore what TikTok means in a country like India. So first of all, uh, TikTok is owned by this company called ByteDance. And the big thing that we must understand about Chinese companies and how they are different from other companies across the world is China has what is called state capitalism, where essentially the state owns companies, not in a direct fashion, but very indirectly. So what that means is whenever companies like ByteDance, which own TikTok, goes abroad and spreads around, they are also in a way doing Chinese bidding. And these are fears that have been seconded by a lot of different social media companies like Reddit. The CEO of Reddit, in fact, called it a spyware with privacy concerns rife in its privacy policy. In its privacy policy, for example, it directly says that it can share your data with third-party sources whenever it wants. And if you have logged in through your Facebook, it is free to collect data from there as well. And which is why India has had a rather long history of trying to ban TikTok, right? In uh, July 2019, they tried to ban it for child pornographic content. Before that, actually, uh, in April 2019, because I remember I was interning here in Bhubaneswar with uh, the New Indian Express, and I did a feature story uh, on TikTok. It had just come up again after, like, the ban was removed and it was just coming back. It was around this time, May something. And then that was my first experience of TikTok. And then July, they banned it again for a couple of days. Then it continued, kept growing. And now they're talking about banning it again because of the privacy concerns that have come up. Uh, PIO was filed recently about that. So uh, what do you think about this, both of you? How this is going to affect a democracy like India, which already in a lot of our minds is in a fragile position. And when you have Chinese interests directly represented through a company that is most popular in sections of society, which do not have the privileges of education or access that we do. What what do you think, the both of you? I have certain views on information, privacy, and how we have we are no longer private when it comes to online media, yeah. Uh, any form of online media. Your your artist, your concerns are valid when it comes to the fact that uh, TikTok is a Chinese based app, and uh, China has had a history of not respecting personal privacy and imposing certain state regulations on the kind of uh, content that is created on uh, online usage and the fact that its app is gaining global popularity gives a certain kind of global reach to china and uh, its surveillance system that is true uh, but i don't think uh, countries like china or even india or the us for that matter have had trouble getting access to personal data uh, like uh, online data and personal data in a way because basically we've already sold all of our data the moment we make our first email id yeah <laughs> like we sh- our concerns about tiktok right now are also deeply based in our mistrust of china they are they are not privacy concerns yeah. they are concerns which are which have which are based in our mistrust of china and this whole thing even with coronavirus how it became a china thing yeah the tiktok the tiktok 
privacy craze is from there only it's not like our phones are not already recording us amazon is listening to us google, uh, google is listening to us we don't have a problem with that we have a problem with tiktok because china owns tiktok what will a fascist state like not a fascist state uh, what will the republic of china do people's republic people's, what will the people's <laughs> republic of china do uh, with the tiktok recordings of some random guy from jharkhand okay like it does not make sense ki Uh, we should have such intense privacy concerns data privacy concerns over chi- over some chinese app but should not have the same data privacy concerns when it comes to other apps so i feel there is some xenophobia over there which is in play right now no i think i think the problem is when companies take your data you know that the worst they are going to do is exploit you to buy their products when governments take your data the worst they are going to do is so uh what i can make uh, from it so far is, and these are concerns that were also raised by uh, hue trying to imp- come to india for 5g right because hue is the uh, leader in the 5g yeah. technology in the world and hue or something i don't yeah, i really. don't know how you pronounce the name it's fine yeah <laughs> so they uh, want to come and they are concerned that the data because yes of course we have common people in charkhand as you said whose data china has no use for but these are data that goes directly to china and these are data that can try and leverage against india that is the argument that a lot of security experts are making because uh, internet is interconnected they say and if you have data for one thing because tiktok can also take data from your facebook apparently they will get data on people that they can leverage it against uh, the indian government and that seems to be the concern which is why when governments get involved directly and not just companies the concern rises because governments can use it in multiple ways that companies won't especially a government like china which has hostile which has hostilities against us a hostile past and a government that does not believe in democracy right they are a communist government they have no concept of privacy or freedom yeah. so which is why i think the problem is i see both of your um i see both of your points right so i totally understand the, uh, the fear and i totally under- i also understand like why should we care i mean what uh, what are they going to do with our data right and i think i'm on both sides of this argument because uh, on one hand i am someone like on an individual level i don't care about my data being uh, you know like used and stolen and like i don't know i mean i don't i'm not worried they're going to do anything with it because I, as uh, atharva said they've already been recording us like you know we've had multiple memes about the fbi agent watching us so like no, <laughs> i mean i think we've been desensitized to like the fact that our, we don't have any privacy anymore but also when you talk about governments it is scary about uh, as what artish said it is scary what they could do with it i don't personally see that happening but it is a possibility yeah so what uh, reddit ceo in a conference said uh, was because this is spyware and it takes data directly from the citizens of us and transfers them to china it can allow china to have a stake in us elections that is the biggest concern that china will be able to influence the us elections because they know exactly what uh, the people on tiktok want to see 
and that is also the concern in india because they think and especially because it is in a way the base of uh india right majority of india is the kind of people that use tiktok 52% who earn less than 25000 that's majority of india mm-hmm. right and if you can get data on them enough to influence an election and given how fragile southern asia is south asia is with so many issues especially for india pakistan on one side and china on the other with the world economy in the state that it is currently and china building uh, a corridor economic corridor with pakistan and a larger uh, belt and road initiative with the entire world if they can also influence elections across the world that's a big issue which is why people across the internet community are raising concerns obviously you can say that because they themselves are social media owners like reddit they are also concerned that they might lose out their market share because this is a very different business model than any other uh thing because everything else is either status based or content based this is talent based as they call it mm. here people go to become celebrities instagram tried to do that to a certain extent but tiktok is in a way according to a lot of these people exclusively just that and which is why they think it will soon supplant all the other social media sites so that is why i was uh, where i was coming from adish based on what you're saying there's another train of thought that comes to my mind and it is that uh, tiktok also provides a lot of opportunity for polarization and polarizing content yeah uh, as you said that kind of content can has the has the potential to influence elections and election results and that is something that will be interesting to see in the upcoming global elections around the world uh but uh, other than that also content like that has a lot of impact on the kind of communal tensions that a certain country has and uh, the kind of views and polarizing views that certain people can get based off content that they see for like sub- like it is it is content bombardment okay so uh, i've used a tiktok before and the first time i downloaded tiktok app yeah, i just sat scrolling on it for over 45 minutes and i did not realize where time passed okay i was just sitting it was literally i downloaded it, i opened it and i just sat there scrolling through it for 45 minutes and i did not realize where the time went and it is that that app is designed to be addictive yeah it is designed for you to keep checking out what the next video is and it's a constant bombardment of content so a single content like a sin- single video by itself need not be extremely polarizing it need not have uh, extremely inflammatory thoughts but when you see similar things over a period of like 1 hour or 2 hours yeah it tends to influence the way you look at certain things and it tends to influence mindset especially if you're not that self aware or if you're not aware of uh, the kind of manipulation that can happen online and through online content which a lot of our population isn't uh our population is some uh, is the kind of population that takes facebook to be a news source yeah where whatsapp is a news yeah. source yeah so uh, for people like that it is it is very easy to polarize them it is very easy to influence them in in very in extremely subtle ways in ways that, that they probably might not even be aware of which is which seems to be a greater part of the danger that tiktok poses Yeah when you put it like that um if you like one video on TikTok that you think was entertaining a lot of other videos 
that are the same keep showing up and as you said like content bombardment uh subtly it is possible to like definitely polarize people so i obviously follow a certain um set of people and a certain like type of content and that's all i get so i have no idea what kind of content other people are getting so i i am polarized to like you know a certain extent to what my opinions are and i have no idea what other people could you know be watching yeah so you're saying the echo chamber effect that uh, we have seen on other social media is in a way much more uh, addictive on this social media platform it, it is definitely the biggest echo chamber because on other platforms you can see the other side you can see what the uh, other side of uh, your opinion i guess is talking about is hmm. posting and all of that on tiktok i don't think there's any way to find out that seems scary <laughs> anyway so uh, there is this concept in uh, security studies these days it's called techno authoritarianism where you use technology for authoritarian purposes so authoritarian dictatorial regimes use technology as a means of oppression like they used to have violence previously so according to this and there was an example on tiktok a woman was making a um, make a video she was british and uh, for the significant first part of the video it was just makeup and the end was makeup in the middle she criticizes china left right and center okay it becomes a huge political thing takes off people start sharing it on other social media platforms and then uh, tiktok takes it down because it's against china and that was reported where uh, that was reported across the world where whenever something remotely political was said by influencers that was not in any way conducive to what china wanted or the chinese was against the chinese communist party the video was immediately taken down and that is why my concerns over tiktok from a, a security point of view were raised because if you can use technology as a means of warfare against citizens of the globe in a con- in a time when we li- live in the most globalized the world has ever been then you are allowing china a stake in all of our democracies every one of our democracies everyone everywhere essentially so that is what i wanted to say anyway yeah uh, do you have any other thoughts on this or no bro uh, when you when you spoke of techno authoritarianism uh, I, i just I, it just one thing came to my mind it seems like dictators across the world yeah they've they seem to learn from their mistakes because what you're talking about uh, techno authoritarianism it seems to be a post 2012 phenomena after the arab spring when like the major governments in egypt and all ignore uh, social uh, social media platforms like twitter and all they were not censoring those platforms then and it was through these platforms that a, that a revolution on such a scale could be engineered uh, so after that has happened a lot of countries around the world seem to have taken note of the impact that social media can have and how they can use it as a tool in order to control people Okay yeah so what i wanted to talk about uh, was after all of this is what we also referred to earlier uh, which was uh, the impact that this has on a country like india so uh, i'll start with an anecdote so as i said when i was interning with the new indian express uh, last year i did a feature on this and then i discovered how much uh, the industry the film industry here in odisha is influenced by tiktok 
so you have movie stars that were discovered uh, on tiktok you have uh, singers that were discovered on tiktok you have dancers that were discovered on tiktok so it has become this new thing where you don't no longer have to know the right people to get auditions or do that or go to tv shows and all the different kinds of things you just have to pick up your phone and in a way you can break into what you think will make you famous and that i think allows a lot of people in our country who have traditionally not had the privilege or the access like us to make it big in any conceivable manner a liberty where they can also dream big if i may put it that way without sound, sounding condescending mm. so what what do the two of you think about that what does it mean for our democracy keeping in mind all the technocratism and everything what does this mean in our democracy where people now are becoming more and more aspirational because of something that has these concerns i have several thoughts on this uh there are okay so two of them uh the first one being when you spoke of the odia film industry yeah the person who controls who gets into the odia film industry are still the producers they are still the people they are casting direct okay they just have access to a larger group of people they can review they just have access to a larger group of people uh they can audition without actually auditioning them yeah so uh, i do not uh, there's less of a democracy in terms of the person himself or herself being able to get to that station it's just it's easier for casting directors to discover new people that's all it's again it's it has made it has made exploitation far easier because these are people who do not have uh, a lot of them come from extremely poor socio economic backgrounds a lot of them come from backgrounds uh, that are not so financially stable so it allows uh, like it allows people in power the opportunity to exploit people uh, who are more susceptible to exploitation or more susceptible to being easily controlled uh, you, you might call it a slightly skeptical view of things but this is how i look at it but on the other hand yeah on the other hand when when you remove this pe- when you remove these people and when you do not talk about them getting selected for something else or tiktok as a platform for getting selected for something else but tiktok as a platform which is the end to itself yeah uh, a lot of these people a lot of tiktok celebrities a lot of tiktok stars per se uh, get a lot of income and revenue through the promotion that they do online uh, i read of this case uh, i'd like to read it out to you uh, ratan chauhan discovered tiktok in 2017 and began began posting videos of herself dancing to haryanvi language songs acting out folklore narrative uh, folklore native to the northwestern state of rajasthan and rapping verses she wrote in regional dialects she appeared in these videos with short hair tattoos and sometimes a turban today the 21 year old rules over rajasthani tiktok with over 2.5 million followers all right but her fame isn't just about fans and selfie requests whenever she goes in jaipur uh, it is how she supports her family her father has not had a job for 8 years her mother doesn't work and her brother is in university chauhan owns enough via promotional videos on tiktok and celebrity appearances to support them all and you don't you don't need to be such a big time star with millions of followers even if you have a few thousand followers you can get paid for lip syncing to songs by small music labels that want to reach a new audience or you can translate your tiktok popularity to other platforms such as instagram where you can charge for individual posts one photo of her tiktok to instagram influencer wearing knockoff reeboks 
can earn her up to 1700 rupees okay which is a reasonable income in parts of india where 45% of full time full time workers earn less than 10000 rupees a month and where the le- legal minimum wage is just 18000 rupees a month so i feel in a lot of ways tiktok has helped create a lot of financial independence to for creator it because it has created a platform for them to be able to promote content and to be able to promote such things where uh, in 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 a way uh, and enough to be able to create a livelihood out of it which i feel is commendable and which i feel is prob- was probably necessary for a lot of uh, the people on there so yeah okay so yeah okay uh, i don't think that um, everybody can expect something like that from tiktok financial stability or any kind of um, like as a source of um, you know like money because uh, it's very few people that do go viral enough to be able to pr- promote um you know things and get money out of it uh, a lot of there's a lot of people uploading uh, tiktoks every day and i think most people just do it as a source of like a, a creative outlet to also get their 15 minutes of fame of like in the case of tiktok 15 seconds of fame and you know have fun and be innovative but i don't think most people even in india are going in going in with the expectation of earning any money out of it that's a pretty rare um, possibility and it's like you know success stories it's very rare for that to happen hey guys this is the end of sofi episode 6 part 1 we shall be continuing this discussion in part 2 so stay tuned and check it out